Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From AccuWeather, this is everything under the sun. Real news and real stories covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. And welcome into this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com as we get headlong into May. I was fortunate enough to spend a couple of days with my 1010 Winds family in New York City earlier in this week. Part of it to touch base with them and part of it to say goodbye to a friend. Lee Harris, the longtime morning anchor at 1010 Winds, is going to anchor his last broadcast coming up this Friday. And we are going to talk to Lee about news and weather and how they have fundamentally changed in the way they are presented on especially radio and some of his memories of some of the biggest weather events, including a beautiful day that turned really awful in New York City on 9-11. Sit back and relax, friends. It's time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. I have been exceedingly fortunate in my 25 years here at AccuWeather to work with some of the greatest people in the radio business, including anchors and talent and managers and people who are working every day to inform you, to entertain you, to make you smarter than you were the day before, to help you get through life, through knowing what the news is, knowing what the sports is, knowing what the weather is. Well, Lee Harris has been doing that for 30 years in New York City, and we all got a memo from Vice President of News at Odyssey in New York City, Ben Meverack, the words that I never thought I would see, and I guess Ben never thought he would write. The leading sentence was six words I never thought I would write. Lee Harris is leaving 1010 Wins. Lee Harris has been on the nation's most listened to news station for 30 years, giving the news in his witty, often ironic and sarcastic style, but certainly a style that has made New Yorkers more informed and entertained a bit along the way, and certainly has been uh, uh, becoming seriously an iconic status in this city. And his last broadcast is coming up here at the end of the week as Lee wants to switch gears and take an opportunity. And we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But it was my fortune this week as I spent a few days up in New York City at 1010 Winds to sit down with Lee and talk to him about the way weather and the news has changed in the 30 years since he's been at the chair as the morning anchor at 1010 Winds. Here's my conversation with Lee Harris on everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Lee, first of all, little jealous you're not gonna have to get up uh, at the uh, at the the crack of uh, midnight anymore to do this job but uh, amazing run and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your experiences with weather and broadcasting and some of the things that we've been uh, talking about over the year, last years that I've known you um, as you look back at the 
30 years here at WINS and the, the years that you've done this, uh, uh, what, what are some of the things that stand out to you in terms of how broadcasting has evolved and how the kind of dance between news and weather has evolved in those 20, 30 years? WINS is remarkably consistent, and we've always had a lot of weather on the station. It is the one element that affects everybody in the audience. You know, individual stories don't, sports some people follow, some people don't, but the weather obviously afflicts everyone. One of the biggest changes I've noticed in uh, my years in the business, and it was already starting to come to the fore when I started at WINS, was that the weather had sort of moved to the status of an enemy of the people. (laughs) This is awesome. I like this. And I think it happened around the time of the fall of the Soviet Union because we had this collective enemy that the nation could be arrayed against. And then in the absence of that, you know, there always has to be an other. There has to be something that we can all be opposed to. And somehow the weather slipped into this this position. And I think the best example was a comparison of the coverage of a blizzard in 1997 or 98, maybe a, you know, 21-inch blizzard, not the storm of the century, to how the New York Times had covered it in 1947. They had a blizzard then, and the New York Times was like, a peaceful blanket of white (laughs) laid down upon the city, stilling it from its frantic pace. And then in 97, it was like, white death rained from the sky for the exact same amount of snowfall. But isn't that part and parcel of our lives now? I mean, back in the 40s, when you had two feet of snow, life didn't demand that you had to feel guilty about not being able to go to work for a day or two. Now you can't do something for an hour and you have this tremendous guilt from your employers and stuff. So it's changed in our lives in terms of the way we let weather affect us comparatively. I think that in 1947, people had real problems that they could compare the weather to. For example, you know, you were just off World War II. Um, Say what you will about a snowfall, it's not a blitzkrieg. And I think that was the level of comparison. By the 90s, you know, we were, by comparison, living relatively trouble-free lives, and the weather was, you know, the biggest thing to come and, and threaten us. And also, the threat of the weather is part of it. With the proliferation of so much competing media, the attention economy comes into play, and it was hard to get people's attention. One thing that people are wired to do is to respond to threats. So if you move the weather from simply that thing that is going on outside when you walk out the door to the form of a threat, people pay more attention. And, you know, we really hear, and we're not alone, ramp up the coverage, particularly of uh, blizzards, not to mention the, uh, you know, truly threatening kind of weather, but, you know, blizzards, which are kind of routine in in some regards. Yes, they can be life-threatening, but uh, they're not a hurricane, they're not a tornado. What we have found is that the audience is much higher in the days leading up to the blizzard than it is during the actual blizzard. It's the anticipation, it's the unknown, it's the preparation that we have to do in response to this threat. And uh, you and I have been involved in more than a few blizzards that were heavily promoted that then did not pan out because the, the rule is always promote, promote, promote. And, you know, I sort of developed a law of, uh, you know, inverse proportion. (laughs) The more you promote, the less it snows. Right. And one of the downsides of that, as you know, is that people 
became kind of inured to the warnings, yeah. and I think that killed a bunch of people with Superstorm Sandy because they had heard other storms before, right. and uh, they didn't pan out. And then when one came in that really you know, hit the nail on the head, uh, they weren't paying attention. Well, I think a lot of it, and, and you and I have talked about this as approach, I mean, up until the 1970s and 80s, no matter what, the weather was always tacked on at the end of a newscast. It was kind of an afterthought. There wasn't much promotion. There wasn't much thought. The language wasn't very good. I think uh, through AccuWeather and some of the way that we started to use language about possibilities, likelihoods, and those kinds of things. And then I think the other thing, too, is the meteorology has gotten better to where there are better chances that when we tell you, like this last weekend, I was telling everybody that that was going to be the weekend it ended up being three, four days out. We had a pretty good certainty of it. That wasn't the case 20 years ago. The certainty leading up to it wasn't as good. And But you're right. I think the misses hurt us in a time where the, the certainty and, and our prediction wasn't as good. So I think it's all come together in terms of the way now three times, six times an hour we're doing the weather live. Yes, inarguably, um, the weather forecasting has gotten better even during my time here. There are considerably fewer misses than I think we had 20 years ago, 30 years ago. The technology has gotten better. You guys are probably using some AI now in your work that will will make it even better still. And, you know, even this hyper-locality ability that we have now to tell you how much it's going to rain on your block. Mm. Can't really do that on the radio, but, um, you know, we get very specific sometimes times as to what's going to happen in the city versus what's going to happen out uh, in New Jersey or over in Fairfield County, the areas that we that we do cover. So, yes. And when I started in Chicago, which has horrible weather, mm. yeah, we would do it at the end of the news. And, you know, and two to three feet of snow tonight. Uh, it was just a matter of course. I think the other thing, too, is now, especially the way this area has changed, Lee, the, the city and the near suburbs uh, from the pandemic, especially now. I think more more people are trying to navigate two jobs in a day. They have two commutes. They have that first one in the morning. They have a second one middle of the day. And so now the reliance on whether or not they're going to have, you know, an hour long drive from point A to point B in the afternoon, or if the weather's nice, a 30 minute drive, that that really is is critical to them to know. I do sometimes wonder if uh, the uh, children are going to grow up tough enough because, uh, you know, now if it's uh, raining too much, they might be uh, told to stay home. Whereas I think the entire time I grew up, we had, uh, you know, one snow day and, uh, you know, 12 years of school. <laughs> and uh, there were definitely a few days that today they would have called a snow day on. Yeah. Uh, we're also calling, you know, ice days now, high wind days. Yeah. So it's almost like, uh, you know, any excuse for a day off if it can be uh, tagged on the weather. But it's also, you know, a world of lawyers where they're going to uh, err on the side of safety because nobody wants a, a liability suit because they uh, sent the kids to school on a day when, uh, you know, one of them might slip on the ice. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think one of the things too that I wanted to highlight that I'm so impressed with you and your career is not only the ability to do the broadcasting, to write, to speak to us, to let us know what's going on in your style, but also in a way that was going to communicate and resonate with people. But I think what a lot of people don't understand is the amount of work that you've put in to help those of us broadcast to do it well. Uh, A lot of the things that we use behind the scenes um, in terms of technology, Lee and his companies outside of this endeavor of being the broadcaster are things that we use and sometimes now in this industry are starting to take for granted. And that's been a labor of love that's kept you kind of excited when maybe the broadcasting wasn't the most exciting thing. This was an exciting way for you to continue to hone your craft and, and be better at it. Yeah, one of the things I enjoyed was getting the latest weather forecast the moment you touch the button it appears on my screen. And I think that kept us ahead of the competition much of the time we just had that ability to go from what you learned to what I said and I think that's uh, that's been a great advantage you know speaking of my coverage one of the things I never really liked that much was covering other people's weather as mm-hmm. I like to call it it's like you know bad weather in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and my tendency as a New Yorker is to think, well, that must uh, suck if you live in Oklahoma. Meanwhile, over here, and um, the other people's weather argument is something I've had with uh, you know people in the in the industry. I suppose there are some people who are interested in how many trailers got knocked over by the tornado of the week in Tornado Alley. But I think in New York, it's something like far, far away. It reminds me a little bit of uh, P.J. O'Rourke when he first visited Bangladesh. And he said, you know, based on the reports that he had gotten out of Bangladesh, he uh, literally expected to, you know, find cattle floating in a flood through the streets Mm. because that's all he ever heard about Bangladesh was that it was constantly the scene of natural disasters. And I think that's the the sense that we get of uh, Oklahoma and some of the other, uh, you know, hot spots in Tornado Alley, that there's nothing going on there except tornadoes. Uh, Sort of reminds me also of, um, I worked in St. Louis for a while, Mm -hmm. and they would send us uh, out every year to the confluence of the Mississippi and Missouri Mm -hmm. rivers, which flooded every year year. like clockwork. clockwork. And uh, you could interview the same people every year who go, yep, I lost everything I had. Mm -hmm. I said, well, wait, didn't you lose everything you had last year too? It's uh, it's amazing how those patterns, um, and in speaking of disasters, and the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, a disastrous day here in New York, and uh, uh, the thing I remember about the weather on 9-11 was how crystal clear and blue sky it was, and how in a moment the world changed for us. I know you were on the air at that moment, and um, I will remember, you know, they took the weather off the air here on 1010 Winds for a better part of a week. I think we were we were not doing the weather forecast because the weather was was not the key, but just think of that day, and, and um, I'm so proud of you and how you helped 
us get through that. And that's going to be the thing when I think of Lee Harris, I'm going to think about throughout my uh, memories of working with you, my friend. I still get a little nervous when I go down to the battery on my bike and I look up and there's not a cloud in the sky. Like Monday morning here when it's cleared out after two days of just horrendous rain. I look up and I'm looking around. There's got to be a cloud somewhere. And, you know, and what should be a great, beautiful day yeah. will always be marred by that memory. And as I've uh, told people here, I said, I hope I never have to top that story, uh, that event. I hope that nothing ever happens. And uh, it looks like I, if we can get through the next three days, I can uh, exit uh, my work here without uh, anything like that uh, happening again. That is my profound wish. Lee, it's uh, been a pleasure, and I look forward to your future, and I look forward to continuing to be your friend, and thank you for all your help in helping me become a better broadcaster over the last few years. Thanks for having me on, Dean. What's next for Lee Harris? Well, as he said in a press release, uh, it took an incredible opportunity for him to leave 1010 Wins. And that opportunity is with Nexstar News Nation. We're working with Nexstar president of network Sean Compton and News Nation president Michael Korn. Lee says he will be helping to fundamentally change the way news is covered and presented in this country. And it's an opportunity that he could not pass up. And I'm glad that I got the opportunity to spend some time with him before he heads into that new endeavor. Lee, thank you again for helping me be a better broadcaster uh, professionally, both uh, in front of and behind the mic. And we appreciate all that you've done in helping promote the AccuWeather name through your coverage on 1010 Wins. Friends, that'll do it for this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. It's been a pleasure to spend another bit of time with you. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week for my executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, and the hundreds of team members across our AccuWeather world here across the world. We thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next week. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com.